Hi and welcome to the Klarna Kitty Kit episode 8. Today I want to talk about imposter syndrome. So I think this is um, a pertinent topic. I think it's one that is good to discuss and bring to the forefront of people's minds because it might be happening to you personally and it will help you recognise if that's the case or it might be happening to somebody that you know and love and it, it will help you to recognise the case for them and help them uh, with the issue um, and also be a bit more empathetic potentially about it. So what is imposter syndrome? So it's not, it very often gets lumped in with the kind of mental health issues, uh, mental health problems topic. It's not actually a diagnosed mental health problem. It's actually a syndrome or a phenomenon. Um, so it's something that people can experience, but it's not medically derived um, and cannot be kind of medically treated, if that makes sense. So in terms of recognising it, it's kind of looking at trends and patterns in your behaviours um, and in terms of, of, of dealing with it or um, looking at ways to, to help yourself with regards to this. It is all changing your way of thinking, changing your behaviours. There is no medications, there's no right way or wrong way. It is just kind of doing what works best for you really. Um, so what do I mean by imposter syndrome? So let me put it in some kind of situations for you. So are you ever at work and um, you have a really good month at work, you finish your, you finish your project, it gets lots of praise from your manager, um, you know, your colleagues are kind of, you know, patting you on the back saying, oh, you know, well done, you've had a really good job, etc, etc. And you kind of think, oh gosh, I've been lucky there and I oh, got away with that. Because um, you're kind of thinking in your mindset that realistically, you didn't have a clue what you're doing, you kind of, you know, muddled your way through it. And luckily for you, you've got to an end result that's worked out really well and everybody thinks it's really great. So do you not value your capability is what I'm saying. So whereas others in the place that you work might look up to you, they might look at your capability and think you've got a really strong capability. They may give you extra responsibility. They may ask you to mentor others. Um, you might have been there for a number of years, so obviously your experience and qualifications and capability has grown because of the length of time you've been there or the length of time of in time you've been in the same industry. But no matter what happens, you're constantly questioning yourself. Am I as good as what people think I am? And that's a really difficult one because it kind of comes down to this putting extra added pressure in yourself and this kind of perfectionist style way of thinking you know you know years and years ago I've been a recruitment for a long long time now about 15 years and years and years ago we used to ask candidates you know what are your strengths what are your weaknesses a lot of people used to say for a weakness that they were a perfectionist meaning that no matter how much they achieved they were never satisfied and that was you know 15 years ago you get it less now but are we guilty of, of being perfectionists not all of us obviously but some of us and thinking, you know, that no matter what we achieve, it's never good enough. But for ourselves, which is, it's a weird one because, you know, we're getting all of the praise from, you know, outside of ourselves. And I call them pats on the back or chocolate drops. Um, you know, we're getting all that kind of, you know, um, emotional support from outside of ourselves. But it's inside of ourselves that we've got that turmoil. Um, so it could be a situation like that. 
it could be that you're in a relationship with somebody and you know you've been in relationships before where it's been pretty shit um you've had people cheat on you lie to you um you know they've been uh narcissist they've used narcissistic behavior around you they've gaslighted you um something like that um so now you're in a new relationship and you are constantly thinking that this relationship is going to go in the same way as the other relationships or relationship did so you're constantly looking for what's the other person doing wrong are they having chats with people on social media or are they texting people behind your back are they um you know saying things in a particular way to hurt your feelings um you know do they not find you attractive or you know would they prefer somebody better than you are they are you not their number one choice um because they are looking elsewhere um and do you then constantly question their behaviors in terms of what are you doing who you're talking to where are you going why is it taking you so long to do that? Why is it taking you so long to re reply to me? What, you know, there's lots of different behaviours that can come from this. Um, and that's quite a difficult one as well, because again, it's coming from inside of us personally. So we might have been hurt before. Um, and as much as we, you know, we've got past the relationship that we had and we've let the person go, we kind of cut ties with them what happened to us in that relationship stays with us for a long time so we might think we're past it we're over it, we've got somebody new but actually what happens is it's kind of learned behaviors so that that feeling of needing to check up on somebody is a learned behavior you've learned it from the last relationship that you were in that feeling of are they getting at me by saying that again is a learned behavior and we find it difficult to shrug the pattern of learned behaviors but what can happen with that is you know, um, it, if we don't try and look at it and change it, then it can continually go on as a pattern. So it's it's a really, really personal one because it can have such a massive effect, both work and relationship um, as well. And, and I'm going to come back to what we can do to help ourselves or help others in a short in a short minute but i wanted to also bring in on the relationship side of things relationships that we have with our children so like you know when we have kids nobody knows how to be a parent right we can go off the behaviors of our parents and how they treat us and how they looked after us and we can try and do it in that way um but you know there is no one size fits all in terms of parenting you know there are parenting for dummies and all of this there's so many books that you can read but actually in real life nobody can tell you how to be a parent you have to learn it for yourself and when we all first have our first children if you've not had children yet you know then you've got all of this to come but it's absolutely terrifying right we haven't got a scooby do what we're doing we're just thinking oh my god there's a whole other person here that we have to look after and you know they're going to learn everything from us and you know you've got to look after what you're saying how you're doing things because they learn their behaviors from you but what can happen if you suffer with imposter syndrome is as you know as the kids move through and their lives you can have this feeling of i'm a really terrible parent and you know that decision that i make about their lives could hurt them ruin their lives kill them you know and it and i say kill them because it's and it sounds really dramatic but 
it can be a thought process that you go through, oh, are they going to come to some kind of harm if I make that decision? I'm a really bad parent because I didn't buy them that. I'm a really bad parent because I said they couldn't go to that particular event. Um, I shouted at them because they were misbehaving, but now I feel like I'm a really bad parent. You know, we put ourselves through so much turmoil and, and you know, I think the parenting one goes for everyone, whether you've got imposter syndrome or not. But I wanted to, to bring it in because it does fit the trend of imposter syndrome as well. Um, so what can we do? So like I said, it's not a medical, it's not a, it's not a medical um, situation. There's no drugs you can take to, to, to um, suppress this or help this. So it all has to be you looking at your behaviours. So with the work one, the work one's a pretty easy one, I think. With the work one, what you've got to remember is, and it's really it's really good and really important, as what I was going to say originally, to write things down. I'm a huge believer of writing lists and diaries, and I've got a diary for that and a diary for this and a list of that and a list of this, and I've got hundreds and hundreds of notebooks um, on, on all of different topics. And I, I find that orders my life, which I like, but it, I find it really important in this situation. So I want you, if this is you, and no matter how well you do at work and you know if you get promoted but you still don't believe that you deserve it or whatever it is i want you to make a list of all the achievements that you've made in life in work or in the career that you're in now or in the sector that you're in now so say the last five years so we're not going back you know from day dot 16 to now um and have that with you so if you're getting that kind of you're getting down on yourself and you're beating yourself up thinking you're not good enough go to the list and look through all your different achievements and be like oh actually i can do this job i've been doing it for so many years today's just probably a bad day that's not gone my way that's not gone my way i thought that would have turned out differently i made that mistake there listen we're all humans right you make a mistake in work has the world stopped turning is somebody going to lose their life because of it if none of those two things are going to happen then we have to chalk it up to experience. We have to say to ourselves, listen, you know, it's not great. What can we learn from the situation? What did we do wrong? What can we do differently next time? Those are all the things that we need to do. Um, so, you know, that in that kind of sense of things, in terms of, you know, if we, we don't trust our capability, but we look at all the achievements that we've got. So when something does go wrong, then we know it's just a one-off. It's not because we're rubbish in our whole working career in this sector so do that also when you get good feedback at work whether it be from your manager a hiring manager that you're working with a colleague whatever it is and they send you an email yeah saying you know great job thanks for your help whatever it is stash those emails in your inbox and then go back to them again look through them trust your capability look through them other people are telling you that they believe in your capability as well. So it just gives you a little serotonin boost and it just gives you that, you know, that sense of actually I can't do that. Those are two very small things that you can do, but try them and see if they make a difference. Please do reach out and give me feedback and let me know if it does work. With your relationships, so what I wanted to say about relationship if you're um, with a partner is let's take these separately so partners to kids so partners first it's a it can be really detrimental to your relationship so you might have found the one this time they might be the best person for you 
but you still can't let this learned behaviour go of checking in the mirror, believing that they're doing something behind your back, believing that they're saying things to get at you, whatever. And what can happen with that is somebody who loves you is only going to take that behaviour from you for so long. So they will get upset with you instantaneously when you know when you kind of question them on things, but they will understand it, but only for a certain length of time. So what we need to do is recognise what we're doing because it can get to a point where the other partner says, listen, I can't keep going on like this. It's driving me insane. It's also upsetting me. It's not healthy. I'm just going to call it a day. So you might be causing this massive issue where there isn't an issue and then you lose out on something that could be amazing. So you need to kind of really stop and check back for your behaviour. So if you've a thought about your partner, and you think that they're doing something wrong or they're texting somebody or they're meeting somebody or they've said something that's hurt your feelings one the best thing to do is talk to them raise your concerns with them now i say that and it sounds really easy because a lot of the time people say to me i don't feel like i can talk to my partner about things because i feel like they'll turn it around on me make me feel guilty and they'll have a you know they'll cause massive argument you know they'll get really defensive um and that can be really difficult um, because then you, nobody's winning because you're just in this vicious circle. But in the first instance, I would try and have a conversation with them, say, listen, this is how I'm feeling. Um, and, you know, this is what, but give them, give them evidence. What I'm saying is tell them how you're feeling, but why? What's triggered you? What's caused you to think that that's the case? If you can't give them um examples of why that's making what's making you feel like that then they can't do anything about it right they can't change their behavior if it's something that they're doing in their behaviors they can't change it if you don't tell them so i want you to try and talk to them okay and tell them how you're feeling so any relationship that you in needs to be open and honest regardless i'm you know i'm not teaching anybody to suck eggs with that everybody knows that but sometimes i'm not as easy and when you've been in a relationship that's quite difficult previously you find it harder to do that instantaneously with somebody new um the other thing that you need to do is check your own behavior so when you have a thought process or you you know you think that something's happened and then you kind of get in a mood then you kind of get really moody or angry or upset and quite cold and distant you recognize that your behavior then is making the other person feel upset and wary of like what what's going on but if you're not telling them then they don't know so you need to tell them but also it might be something and nothing so what you've got to try and, and, and think to yourself is what am i feeling i'm feeling this why am i feeling that is there any evidence? Have I seen anything? Have I heard anything? Have I felt anything different? You know, what's caused me to have this thought? If there's no evidence there, probably not true, in, in my honest opinion. So imposter syndrome like this comes alongside, in most cases, with anxiety disorders. So people have got this existential worry about everything, and I have an anxiety disorder, so I know that that's the case. So, you know, it, it can be that you're kind of overinflating the very smallest of situations. So you have to, you have to learn about yourself. And that sounds like a really easy thing to do. But as humans, we're not always that good at doing it. And, and sometimes we also have to accept when we're wrong. So we might get upset at our partners or, or, or friends or parents or whatever for something that we think they have done. But we don't know that they've done that, but we're still upset with them. 
So who's wrong there? It's us, because we don't necessarily know that they've done something wrong, but yet we're giving them the silent treatment or we're being cold with them or distance or whatever. So you have to really try and recognise your behaviour. So take a minute, take stock of the situation, try and go through those steps. What's the situation? How am I feeling? I'm feeling upset. Why am I feeling upset? I think that that happened or versus that has happened. I think that has happened. It's probably nothing. It's probably, again, an over-worry. This definitely did happen, which has caused me to feel like that. That's a different situation to try and understand. And, you know, if you do get an opinion about something and it is wrong and you do speak to them, to your partner, you have to say sorry. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, that's what I thought happened. You have to say, I'm so sorry for my behaviour that's then upset you. And it's, it's upset me, it's upset you, it's caused a situation and it's caused a ripple in our, our relationship as well. So you have to accept that responsibility. They will truly, truly respect you and love you more for doing that. And they will also learn to understand. So they will learn your behaviours as well. So they will try and help you as much as possible, or they should do. With the parenting thing, how would we deal with that? So again, it's, you know, you've got to really check in on yourself and look at your behaviours. But also what we've got to stop doing is um, is looking at how other people are doing things and then thinking that we should be doing the same thing. Like I said to you before, there is no one size fits all in any situation. There's no one size fits all for you in your life in any situation because you're one person. You're not one person that's a part of a million people all molded together. You are unique to you. So any situation that you're in is unique to you. It's not a collective situation, you know, so you see your, you know, your friends' children are going to like 65 million after school clubs and they do ballet and whatever and football, whatever, and your kid doesn't do anything after school because they don't want to. Does that make you a bad parent? No, it doesn't because you've listened to what your child has wanted. They don't want to do that. Should you then push them to do that? No, you could... You can give them the information around that. But again, you see, I mean, you're you're kind of looking at how other people are living and you're looking at your life and thinking you're not being good enough or you're not doing things good enough, comparing yourself. I couldn't think of the word then, as you can probably gather by the butterings, but you're comparing your lives to the lives of others. And that is just got to stop. So with the parenting thing is do you in terms of your parenting. Speak to your children learn about them, listen to what they want to say um, and give them all the time that you can um, is my best advice. So you know them extremely well. The decisions that you make for them, okay, are the decisions that you believe are right for them. You know, in I would say 99.9%, .9%, obviously there's some not good parents out there that make decisions based on their lives, let's be honest. But in most cases, so know to yourself, and again, it's the same situation as the relationship one. What's the situation? What's the decision you've made? What were the factors that made you make that decision? Take stock of the situation and really think back on how well you've handled the situation and the decisions that you take and how that's going to affect your child. You know, you should be doing this ahead of making the decision, really. I want to make that decision. Why? How is that going to affect my son, daughter? Those, right, okay. Is that is that then, therefore, the right decision? Yes, okay. You've just got to break things down. And, you know, again, 
things that you, you know, decisions that you make or things that you do for them, very, very rarely going to cause them any harm. They might get upset. They might get a little bit angry or moody or a little bit mardy with you, but they will get past it. You know, it's a lot of some, a lot of the time it's around changing things. And I'm going through this um, now actually because I've just moved and, you know, that means uprooting my son and, you know, you know, he, it didn't really want to make the change in terms of moving because it, it's different for him and you know we were at home and, and that kind of thing and it's, it's been quite a difficult transition but you know what I did was I sat down with him and I talked him through everything and listened to what he had to say and then we talked about all the different steps in it and why we were doing that you know at the end he came around to understand where we were coming from and and therefore negated the the upset in the situation so yeah, at first you might come up against resistance, but no tea in your heart, hearts that you're doing the right thing for your children and, and, and be kind of hard and fast with yourself in terms of that. But do do the questioning before you make the decision and, and that will help you if you are somebody that suffers with imposter syndrome when it comes to, you know, children and your relationship with them and how you parent. Um. The last thing I'm going to say on this, and I'm going to close it off by saying this is, and I'm going to go back to the comparison thing, is comparing your lives to the lives of others is a very dangerous thing to do. And this is where imposter syndrome comes from, because you are constantly seeing people out there that in work, uh, you know, in your personal life, um, on social media, people that you know from you know years ago from school but you see their lives on social media or just general people on social media really and you think oh, look at them they're getting a promotion they've got a directorship you know they've got that big holiday home in i don't know japan uh but you know they've got two kids oh look at them they've got engaged i want to get engaged um oh they've, they're having a baby oh i really want a baby oh they've got a new puppy oh, i really want a new puppy and constantly you're constantly thinking you know they're doing all of this wonderful stuff what about me but you forget about your lives you know what are all about and again the lists are really great for this or make yourself a vision board that's not a vision board that is just all the fucking brilliant things that you've got in your life and learn to be grateful for them and remember them look at them and think do you know what i'm bloody lucky me i've got this 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 and that got them they're amazing i've got kids i've got a house got a great job got a lovely partner you know think the world of they think the world of me be grateful for what you've got and sometimes we're so wrapped up in comparing ourselves on social media to other people and creating these weird scenarios or these quite frankly bizarre obscure scenarios in our head then we forget how good our lives really are and what I want to say to you about social media, and it's a really big point, I know I'm on social media now, putting my podcast out there, but it's for a good cause. You've got to be careful on social media. People think or believe that they need to be on social media to, you know, be part of living life now. You don't. You don't. When I was 16, we didn't have social media. You know, we didn't have social media in this country until I was 21. Um, I'm now 38. Did we live without it before? A million percent would we live without it again a million percent would our lives be better without social media i think in a huge part of the case i think it would um because i think there's a lot of dangerous connotations with social media what i want to say to you about social media and how you use it use it in a way that supports you who you are as a person what you want to do in life and your well-being so i do a thing called unfollow friday 
Um, and it sounds a bit harsh, this, but I go through my social media accounts as many uh, every Friday if I can. Um, and I go through the people that I'm following and I look at them and think, why am I following them? Do they add any value to my life? Does it make me happy when I see what they're posting online? Do I take some kind of, you know, um, inspiration from what they're doing? Am I happy to see, you know, what they're doing and what they're achieving? Or I'm looking at them thinking, I wish I could be that. Not I wish I could be them because that's a bit ridiculous because I don't wish I could be anybody other than me because I love being me, um, which is, you know, really nice for me to say, but it's true. Um, I feel very grateful for who I am and, and my life. Um, but, you know, do I look at them and think the way that they behave on social media hinders hinders how I feel about myself or um, is not something I want to see every day on social media. So it might be, I don't know, um, people posting about protesting about something and it's not something that you particularly agree with. So, but you see it and you, you know, you kind of think, but every time you see it, there's not because you think, oh, I don't agree with that, but you still carry on seeing their posts. So something like that, unfollow them. The people that you follow should be on there for a reason. It might be that they have loads of sibling interest to you. So my Instagram, I've got loads of travel ones and photographers and, you know, um, people that build small, tiny homes out of pieces of wood and things like that, because that's what I'm all about. I want to be like, I've got a huge wanderlust and I want to travel the world and get to as many places as possible. So I love seeing other people's journeys and things like that. So I love to see that, you know, so at, it, it is all about building a social media that's a safe space for you, not a space that you think you should be in. So I'm going to leave it at that because I've got boys to death about social media all day. It, it can be a fantastic tool and it is great for keeping in touch with people that you don't see all the time. And it's great for sharing news as well. But I just want you to be in a safe space, not a space that hinders your mentality, um, your mental health and who you are as a person. So that's me. 25 minutes I've whittled on about imposter syndrome and, and how you can recognise it and, and how you can change your behaviours to help you around that. I hope that you get something from this. Please do reach out to me, talk to me, um, tell me about, you know, your experiences. Um, and, you know, I'd love to, to have a, an open discussion about this with, with anybody. Um, and again, thank you for listening. I'll see you again next time for episode nine.